Welcome to the Hyper Training Hornsby channel. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best you can be. We know you have the best in you and we're going to show you how. Now, let's get started. I think we're good to go. All right, so today I'm here with legend Greg from uh, our tribe at Hybrid Training. He's been a member with us. For how long has it been, do you reckon, Greg? Um, about a year now. Bit over about, a year. About a year. And I just thought I'd reach out to him, have a bit of a chat just about his experience. Um, since the day I met him, I've, I've known he's had the right mindset. He's been a bit of a legend to work with and coach. Um, and I think his story that he can share, um, a lot of you will relate to. Uh, maybe not on the same level, um, but definitely can relate to where, where he's been, where he's come from, um, and where he is today. So welcome, Greg. Thank you. So the first, first thing I want to speak to you about is, I know when we met, you mentioned you were uh, involved in, in the Ironman, right? Correct. That, that's yeah. where your, your end point was. So I, I just thought we'd start from the beginning and, and how did you... What were you doing prior to that and how did you become involved in Ironman? I think you cut out there. There you go. Oh, oh. Prior to that and during the Ironman, I'm going again. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. Yeah, so prior to that and during the Ironman, I was, I used to referee soccer at a, a reasonably high level and I never, I was always a bit behind uh, the, the people above me. So I had to, work on something and that was a running because I was always hopeless at running so I found a, a running track down at Lane Cove and got involved with a coach a running coach there and my fitness became better and and that that group itself there were some guys doing triathlons and they said hey why don't you come out for a ride so got myself a bike Saturdays became our ride day one thing led to another then I started uh, swim training again because I'd stopped swim training for a long time and I was always, I was always a swimmer and played water polo. So I started up water polo again. I started up swimming again, fell into triathlon through this running group down at Lane Cove. And yeah, maybe two years later, did my first triathlon, which was the, it was a half Ironman at Foster and it was good. Then we went and did another half Ironman down in Canberra. Um, we did another one up at uh, Port Macquarie and uh, through those series of events, you can qualify, which I never did. You always get a wild card though, right? So I got the wild card into the, uh, the 2004, I think it was, or the 2005 Foster Ironman. And uh, yeah, so we uh, did that. I was probably about 11 hours 50 on the first one. And then the following year, got, got addicted to it, got into it. We were training probably, we trained six days a week. So it was similar to hybrid. So we'd do, there's, you know, one rest day. And, uh, but the training was, it was just long, consumed your life. We'd do, uh, we'd do track running on Monday afternoon. We'd do uh, track running on Thursday afternoons. We do a long run on Sunday. We do a long ride on Friday on Saturday morning, followed by a run session afterwards. And so Saturday from sort of five a.m. in the morning till about you probably get home about eleven a.m. And then you just uh, you lie on the couch for the rest of the day because you're zonked. 
Um, <clears throat> but the endorphins that it released was amazing. You know, it was like this drug and you just wanted, you, you wanted more and more and more. So um, I was also during that time, I was refereeing soccer on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. So I'd be training Saturday or Sunday mornings and then refereeing soccer on Sunday afternoons. And obviously I had no kids at this stage. Then I was playing water polo training on Tuesday night, a uh, game on Tuesday nights, water polo training Thursday. So a th typical Thursday session for me would be a cycle on a wind trainer in the morning. Then I'd do track work Thursday afternoon. Then I'd go to water polo training. Then I'd get home at, you know, I don't know, at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. <coughs> Lucky Friday was a rest day, so I didn't need to get up too early. <laughs> So before you get into maybe the training side of things, I guess, how did you go from someone that recognized running as a weakness, playing soccer um, at a reasonably high level, like you mentioned, hating running to running an Ironman? Well, that's a, that's a big, you know, personally, I don't, I don't love running. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I haven't been able to run for a few years, but I can't, can't imagine myself going, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll sign myself up for a triathlon or a half marathon or, whatever it is. So how, how did you get bridge that gap, I guess, from going to hate running to doing, doing the events? Did you already have the other two skill sets? So you're already a good rider and swimmer. No, so I was already, I was already a, a good swimmer. Okay. Um, so that came back quite naturally. It, <clears throat> that's all like riding a bike. So um, a bit of a segue. I, when I'd get out of the water at the triathlon from the, from the swim, it was always good because I was sort of, sort of not, not the front, but I was in maybe the top 20% that would yep. leave. It's still a large group of people when there's 1,500 people in the event, right? Mm. So you'd get out, you go through the transition, and nearly everyone's bikes were still there. But for the rest of the race, everyone went past me. And when I got back to the bike thing to rack my bike, everyone's bikes were almost like they hadn't left. So they just passed <laughs> me all day. To think. As, as for the running, it just the, the group I was in was primarily a running group. So um, we just did all of our aerobic base came from running, which probably to a large extent ended up being a bit of my demise to why I sort of got out of it. It was just my aerobic base probably should have come from riding rather than running, but it was, uh, we would just run all the time. So to run a half Ironman or uh, sorry, run a half marathon or a marathon, um, which I've actually never run a marathon by itself. I've, uh, was, it was pretty easy because we did all the, the run. The guy was actually a running coach and he just got into design research and got into triathlon coaching. And there's a couple of elite guys in the group that were turned pro and they were always, you know, a bit of an inspiration to, to keep on going with. So as far as the running component go, I just, I just did it. We just turned up the people. It's a bit like hybrid, right? So the people, were almost relying on you to turn up to give you support. And if you didn't turn up, I didn't turn up. I felt like I was letting them down. Okay. So it was just, we just turn up, we just go for a two hour run on a Sunday morning down through a national park or, you know, wherever it was. Yeah, I guess two things are unusual there. In one, you, you were willing to attack your weakness. So you're playing soccer, you realize, hang on, this is a bit of a weakness. It's holding my game back. Ref refereeing soccer. Yeah. So yeah. you realize there's an area of improvement, right? And Correct. a lot of people, I guess it's unusual for them to then go, okay, I'm going to attack this weakness. It's often that they'll 
sort of sweep it under the rug type thing. So where did that drive come from to like, no, this is something that I want to improve to originally join the running group? So I wanted to get better. I was refereeing soccer, so I wanted to get better, move up the ranks in refereeing. So I'd referee all, anywhere from Newcastle to Bathurst down to, um, down to the Illawarra. Um, and I was sort of always, there's just below the A-League is the New South Wales. Um, and uh, then I sort of got injured, so I had to pull out of that. So, but um, that was my drive. I wanted to go up the ranks in refereeing and get better at that and try and make the national team. But what, where was yeah, the motivation for that? Were you just always been competitive, or you just saw it as a natural progression? <laughs> or? I just enjoyed doing it on the weekend. It was good. I've always enjoyed soccer. I've played it since I was a kid. And then I sort of stopped playing it in my late teens. And, uh, but I was a refereed, originally got into it when I was about 14 to just generate some pocket money because all my mates were working at Woolworths earning, you know, 100 bucks a week doing five shifts. Whereas I could just go referee soccer on a Saturday, play, referee, referee another game, and then run lines as a kid for the adult games in the afternoon and make the same amount of money and enjoy what I was doing. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's how I got into that. But the, for the running, I wanted to start running to improve, so I could keep up with the game okay. as the game got faster. Cool. And so when you joined the running group, it was your coach that kind of inspired you, coaching others in the group that inspired you to take it to the next level. Yeah. So it was um, <clears throat> the coach was he wasn't that inspirational, but he was you know he was he was a real Nazi though. Um, so, but the guys in the group made some really, really good friends in the group who I'm still good friends with. And it was more of a social thing, but it's hard to go for a two or a three hour run and call that social. Yeah. Okay. So where'd you start off with? So obviously you didn't join the club yeah. and then said, right, tomorrow we're going for a three hour run. Was there, I've heard before I try and preach, you got to kind of earn the right to run. There's a lot of forces going through your body when you're running, especially long distances. And most of the time when you're running, you're spent on one foot um, when you strike the ground. So if you imagine standing on one foot and balancing, a lot of people don't even have that ability to do. And the first thing they choose to go to, say, you know, they're sitting at home unhappy with themselves and they go, oh, I want to get fit, they go for a run. But I kind of relate that to, you know, you've got a car in the garage that's been sitting there for, 20, 30 years, hasn't been used, and you're like, all right, I'm going to take it for a drive up the, up the coast. And you haven't even looked it over. You haven't pumped the tyres up, checked the oil, none of that. And that's where I think, I think it's up to 80% of people tend to get injured within the first year of running for that reason. They don't do the, the groundwork. So how, how did you start off or what was your sort of I was always, we started work? off slow. We, we did, start off, did start off slow, like I couldn't keep up with them. So we do interval type training. It would be you know, I don't know, five sets of five two hundreds. You know, so with a with a walk back recovery, it was never that intense. And the the running coach was actually a remedial massage guy. So with your training fees, you got a remedial massage once a week. So it sort of really did help keep the injuries at bay. Yep. Um, my biggest problem with running is I'm a big bloke, and it was always hard on my lower back. Like I was probably 
at the chiropractor some weeks there, it's sent like once or twice a week, just trying yeah. to manage the pain. Um, so the massage was good, but the whole, it, it was just running for a big bloke's not good. I remember the running coach, you always used to say, Greg, you need to run over the ground, not into it to this day. <laughs> I've never managed to tick that box. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So like I was saying, I think there's a lot of groundwork, strength work, balance work, coordination, imbalances that need to be looked at, which often people sort of skim through. Um, So obviously some people are more prone to injuries due to their body shape size and others are more natural, but there's often things that we can do to improve it at least. Um, with, With the running... It's not surprising you were getting injured or were in pain with the amount of volume you were doing, right? It wasn't just running. There was the water polo. There was the cycling. There was the, the run squad. There was the refereeing. And this is all in one week. So how many hours a week do you think you're physically training? Look, it'd have to be close to, it'd be in the 30s, I would think, somewhere around there. 30 hours. Um, wow. 30 hours, I would think, probably somewhere in that vicinity which doesn't take long to add up if you're doing, you know, four on Saturday and four on Sunday and then add a few sessions during the week of which, you know, three times a day sometimes. Um, that's probably an extreme week. Maybe on average we might do 20. Yep. But it's still, How old were you at this, this point? Oh, I would have been in my 30s, early 30s. Okay. And, and so, 2005. No kids? No kids. Yeah. No. So you had the time or more time yeah. than you do now anyway. I don't regret it. I'd do it all again. You know, the friendships you make along the way yeah, sort of makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, 100%. So with, with that training, how on the flip side of it, so you've got 30 or 20 plus hours to 30 hours a week of physical training, the flip side being recovery, how much attention or detail did you put into that side? Yeah, so the recovery, we worked on like a, a three-month uh, cycle and with a four-week macro cycle in between that. So every, um, every fourth week would be a recovery week. So um, that's how they sort of managed that, that cycle. And then the, then the next month, it'd ramp up again, the training intensity. It sort of would be the same program, but it'd be uh, a greater distance. Um, and then you have a, after those four weeks, you'd have a, a recovery week and the same again in the last month as well. What, what's the recovery week look like? If you remember. It's the same uh, amount of day. Yeah. It's a long yeah. while ago. The same amount of days, are actual training. So you'd still stay in that routine, but you just, the, the actual run component would drop dramatically. So you might go for, the track work would be maybe just 10 100s run through. So you just turn up there, you'd run 100 metres, walk back, run 100 metres, walk back. And that's when we concentrate on our core. Retrospectively, we didn't do enough core strength work throughout the entire three-month program. If we only left it to one week and it was only twice a week that we did that, it was, and that's probably how I had a fair bit of back pain um, as well because the core was heavily neglected for aerobic fitness. Okay. And so that's, so obviously the, the, you're saying volume pretty much dropped off every three, four weeks and you dropped it off for the week and then you came back stronger. 
the week after, which is, you know, pretty common undulating programming. What, yeah. um, with, with that, what other recovery methods did you use? How was your sleep? Did you look in, you said you were seeing a chiro, you got massage part of the program. What, what other aspects were you doing? Uh, the swimming was a similar sort of cycle as well. Um, but the swimming volume never really phased me that much because it's like as hard or as easy as you want to make the workout. But um, the cycling, that, that, that just dropped off as well. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't do any strength work. It would just be a long, slow cycle. Everything just in that recovery week became long and slow. The massages were once a week. The Cairo was as I needed them, just to more relieve pain rather than fix a problem yeah yeah um because i was still running my own business at this stage and it was i started to devote a fair bit of time to that as well so i didn't really have any more available time to go to say a physio for two hours you know i just needed to get in get out my my time was spent Mm. so and what what about sleep how was the sleep pattern my sleep's always been good just ask my wife (laughs) yeah yeah, I have no, I have no problem sleeping. Um, the sleep patterns, though, however, they were, I could get away with less sleep. Like I could get by on six or seven hours sleep um, when I was doing that. Um, but maybe, maybe that all built up because it did all come to a head after my last. I did the Port Macquarie Ironman uh, in two thousand and six, and it was, it was after that that I just just pull the bathtub plug straight out and go, that's it. I've had enough. Yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of alluding to because that, that type of volume sustained for a long period, it, it doesn't sound sustainable unless there's a massive input on the recovery piece. So if you were doing 30 hours of 20, 30 hours of work, there should be an equal amount of recovery pieces on the other end. And it doesn't sound like that was, that was there. I mean, yes, the volume decreased every three, four weeks. But like you said, you're running your own business, had, had a lot of things on your plate. So typically when that's, you know, the, the balance isn't there between work and recovery, something's got to give eventually. And is that, that what you experience eventually? <coughs> after that event? So let's, yeah, let's I, talk, talk about that. So after that last event, what, what did you experience or what happened? Or So when I stopped that last event, I pretty much, I don't know, something happened in my mind. I'm just going, you know what? I've had enough of this. I've had enough of getting up early. I've had enough of just driving to the, the training. I'd really just had had enough. So I pretty much stopped um, cold turkey. Um, I still did the water polo and I still did, still refereed soccer. Um, but had that improved? <laughs> the, the refereeing, did, did you see a massive improvement yes. after, after all this work? The refereeing definitely improved. Did you make make the nationals? uh, No, I never made the national squad. So, did did you try um, or? uh, yeah. Look, we did. There's no real tryout per se. Um, You just had to. You get inspected every game. Okay. And you just got to cut the mustard. So, did you you did you feel like your focus had shifted? Like you originally started to that your main goal or focus, and then you said you loved or got addicted to the endorphins of the. Yes, right. definitely. Yep. So then the endorphins. Your focus shifted to the triathlons and training for that versus I'm doing this for the nationals. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the, the endorphins that the training released was like a massive drug. It was, and I, I probably didn't appreciate how much of a high it was until I stopped. So after the Ironman 2006, when I just spat the dummy and just had, had enough, mm. I, um, I stopped and I almost got, I got like this anxiety in me. It was, it was I guess you could relate it to like a depression yeah. and it was just, I had all these endorphins and I was just what I couldn't, I had no outlet to get rid of them anymore. It's like the body was say, come on, you got to go do something to get rid of all this, this energy and these endorphins. And you know, I ended up taking these magnesium tablets to try and help can control that. But look, I reckon that was probably, I had that, that anxiety for maybe nine months. Yep. You know, so it just, and it just something that wasn't quite right. It just really, it's like I wanted to get out there and run or, or exercise or burn something up. But in my mind, I wasn't there. I was like, you know what? I can't be bothered. I just, but my body was like on edge. Yeah. Wanted to do it, but you physically you didn't want to do it or you had enough. So it's yeah, kind dude, of this internal battle. Yeah. It's, ex, it's a strange feeling like, um, cause we just go, well, why don't you just go and do it? But I just, I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to get my bike out, didn't want to put the lycra on and go for a ride. I was fed up. Yeah. How many, how many years from start to finish? So from when you first joined the running club till 2006, you said? Yeah. So it was probably about uh, 2000, year 2001, maybe 2000, around there I sort of joined, 2001, 2002. I was involved in this running club uh, previously to that, but I went traveling overseas and then, all right. I stopped and so I, I guess no one, no one can blame you for not wanting to go pick up the bike or go for a run after what four or five years of 20 hours a week plus of exercise yeah I think, think uh, anyone's going to get jack of that eventually <laughs> Some, yeah. like I said something's got to give so I guess yeah I kind of when you said that anxious feeling or the you need your body wanted wanted it I kind of relate that to for me nutrition like I don't know if you can relate, but if you have breads and pastas and carbohydrates and that type of thing, you instantly crave more and more of that stuff. You want to eat it. And if you don't go, if you go for a period, a short period even, without eating, you're hungry all the time because you're wanting that burst of sugar, burst of energy. Yep. But if, if you're eating, you know, your, your steak and veggies, you don't get that same sensation. It's not that, that you're not hungry, you know, you don't have that urge to go, go and eat that stuff. So that's, that's kind exactly of like what went through right. my head is that that same sensation is this like you need to eat, you need to eat, you need to eat because you've had this sugar spike and it's crashed and you're no longer getting this spike and crash anymore because of endorphins, like you mentioned, all those feel-good hormones aren't coming. So your body's hungry for them and then you're on edge. But you're kind of like, but eating that stuff isn't good for me. But in your case, you related it to pain and whatever it was, like, you know, five, six years of, sacrifice i guess i know you enjoyed it but it's it's definitely not an easy task for it mm. that's exactly what it was like it was like that spike and then the, the low after it's passed so why do you think after around nine months what where did you find the outlet what what other tasks did you get consume yourself with work or get into the business more or where did you find yeah it? work so work became um more of a priority um and did that alleviate the symptom, like focusing or putting 100% into work? Did that? Not, 
give you the same no, feeling or no no so i don't think i don't really think it did i don't know what the it sort of it just passed like i was i was still i was still involved with soccer a refereeing soccer and um uh, every every 12 months like you got to do a fitness test and so because i hadn't done anything the first year i was still okay the, the second year so it would have been 2008 ish i turned up to do the 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 fitness test and previously i think this fitness test is just a joke so mentally in my head i'm going this is a walk in the park right piece of piss no yeah. problem but dude i struggled hey i battled i was at the back of the pack I was normally be leading the pack so by not training i i, I couldn't I, I i passed but just scraped through whereas before i used to think this test is a joke hacking you people not keep up but so the mental strength that I got from doing Ironman and all that training, it probably has, has I don't think it's really passed. So it does expand your bubble of what you really can achieve. 100%. Um, so. And has that spilled over into other areas of your life? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, all, all areas. So yeah, like it's, you think that, well, I can do that. I can do, I can do this easy. It's a walk in the park, you know, but yeah. uh, I mean, so the, yeah, so that's where it was. So, but yeah, I always. I was just going to say, in hybrid, like to a much lesser degree, much much lesser. But for example, occasionally you've seen our program do a hundred wall balls. And I know it's very very small, but people go, "Holy crap, hundred wall balls!" It's, you know, you've heard them start whinging, crying, whatever. But then the next time when we do a workout that might have twenty, the same sort of mindset comes into play. Like, oh, okay, I've done a hundred before. Twenty's piece piece of piss. Like yeah. So that I mean, similar type of uh, thinking around it, but I guess fitness is a is a pillar that does fall across into all areas of your of your life, particularly if you're at a higher level. Like the higher the level, I guess, the more it's going to trickle over. Yeah. Yeah. So the <clears throat> the uh, the actual training for the Ironman was never was was always difficult. So, but it made the event on the day. You know, in it, the event on the day was actually enjoyable. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you'd you'd done all the hard work. You just got to turn up and participate. Yeah. Uh, the hard the hardest thing I think I've ever done mentally is we went for a bike ride, a training event from from Sydney to Canberra, a ride, and it was the most boring ride. It was windy. It was raining. It was hot. It was snowing. The sleet was coming in, and we never actually made it. We only got as far as the other side of Lake George. But let me tell you. Riding from Sydney to Canberra, it's fucking uphill the whole way, and it seems to be into the wind. So, my advice to anyone is don't do a training event from Sydney to Canberra. <laughs> it's uphill the whole way, and it's forty knot headwinds. I think our average speed was about fifteen kilometers an hour. It was blowing that hard. It was wow. just, that, that's that's the hardest thing I've ever done. Whereas your average speed are probably around thirty. So, yeah, hundred wall ball sounds like a piece of piss. Hundred <laughs> percent, and that. Like that's held with you. That was a long time ago. And that, like you said, that strength stays with you for a long time. Mm, so when going back to, you know, that nine month period where you sort of, your mind clicked over and sort of got used to this new norm of not exercising. Um, and you, you focus more on um, uh, work and I'm guessing it's around the same time you started a family, that type of thing. Life got busier and busier. Is that right? Yeah, life sort of really just got in the way, you know, in the end. Um, 
and all of a sudden you used to be able to find all this time to do it. And now what you all you did was you, I was able to find a lot of excuses why I couldn't find the time to do yep. it. Yeah. Um, and plus, I guess you'd been burnt a little bit, that scar of training, I guess, for that long, that hard was, was still there. And you were, yeah, I guess, look, in, in a way, probably associated that exercise with that, that feeling. Yeah. And I still don't want to go back to training that much. That's time my life I feel has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's good to have done it, been there, done that, tick that box, maybe set a new challenge now. And yeah. So I know. guess, yeah, hundred percent. And so as life got busier and busier, you, you eventually reached out, came down to hybrid down the road from your work. Um, came in, had a, had a chat and Paul and I can often see when individuals come and speak to us or in person, we can tell from day dot whether they're going to be a success um, or put in the work. And, and you were definitely one of those people, but basically because we can, if you've done something as challenging as an Ironman, we know that mindset's there. But you probably see it within work and stuff. Like you, you can have a job interview, for example, and you know whether that person's good to go yeah, or they're not, yeah. not quite ready yet. You know, for whatever reason, they're just not quite, they kind of want to do it, but they're not quite there. And we could tell that you were ready. So I guess what, what led you up to that point of coming down? Like how long were you thinking about training, um, getting back into something? What made you bite the bullet and come down? Like where were you at? So... It was just getting increasing. I just getting out of bed in the morning became a chore. You know, I just have to crawl out of bed and sit up. My back was killing. I had really poor mobility, and for me to, I had to sort of, I'd had enough. You know, I was, I was overweight, which is an ongoing problem that we continue to work on. But um, it was. I had to get. I had to do something on a regular basis. I needed, I've always needed like a, a structure. So nine o'clock, that's my gym session. That's where I'm going. And just like when I was training for Ironman, those people relying on me, well, I sort of see all the same. If I've got a group that I can train with, it's like they're relying on, we're all relying on each other to be there to turn up, to get through it. And it, having that nine o'clock session, it's a catalyst. It's in my calendar. I've got to stop and go down and do that workout. But what triggered that to happen was uh, it was definitely mobility. So when I turned on to start up, I didn't care if I didn't lose weight so long as I could get more mobile. So pick, I could, that way I could play with the kids more, uh, picking them up. It just, I needed to get mobile. And if losing weight was a byproduct of that, then so be it, but it wasn't my main motivator. Definitely movement. You say we, Pain was the motivator or the ability to, to function was the motivator or both? Sorry, just froze there. Someone was afraid. Okay, just froze. So just, just repeat that. I was just saying whether pain was the motivator or the ability to function was. So I think it was more probably the ability to function. So um, Over the kids. And at what... Uh, yeah yeah so and but once once i had that ability to function and the pain pain went is 
oh, it was amazing. It was just such a good feeling to get out of bed mm. and not, you know, have to, you know, be in pain, just get out of bed. You know, well, now you can just go home, sit on the couch and you go, I've got to get up. I go, oh, geez, it's going to hurt getting up. But you get up now, doesn't hurt. Yeah. What a win. Yep. It's great. <laughs> Seriously. It's amazing. Yeah. And I guess you're probably wondering why, why did I wait so long for to start? But I mean, what do you put that? Do you ask yourself that or, or are you uh, glad to have the rest? Look, it's, there was probably a couple of things that made me get back into training. So in between that, that gap of stopping and starting again, I did do uh, PT once a week for 30 minutes. Yep. Um, I probably started that up maybe two years after stopping. Um, it, it was at, it was at a, I got this horn and um, that drive to Norella and that was like taking 15 hours a week out of my time. Now I've got this Hornsby office, I've got that 15 hours a week back. Mm. So um, I wanted to do more and, you know, just hybrids 400 meters down the road. I thought, you know what? I did look at, <clears throat> I did look at some other gyms locally in the area like CrossFit and F45, but um, I never actually went there. I just looked at them online. I thought, you know what? probably doesn't really suit me those kind of gyms hybrid seemed like a good fit so i went in there talked awesome. to this bloke called ben <laughs> i've got a little picture here i'll share the screen uh, here we go share can you let me know if you can see this yeah Who's that, that bloke? That's, that's day one <laughs> so this uh, is i'm just showing greg a picture of him when he first joined the gym and talking to him and looking back at this picture, you can, I don't know if you can see this, but you just look tired. Yeah. Um, in your face, it's just changed. Like you're so much more alive right now. You know, it just show, goes to show you like how, how far you've come, hey? Yeah. It's cool. We hadn't just done, a, we hadn't just done 100 ball balls then, have we? <laughs> no, I think this was just after your, uh, your advancement program, your onboarding. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. cool yeah. to look back. Yeah, yeah. So I guess th thanks for sharing sharing all that. I guess what what's your what would you say to other people that potentially are listening that have you know previously in the past have been an athlete, been active, but as life happens, you know, marriage, kids, work, there's a lot more responsibilities. It's a lot harder than when you're in your twenties. Um, potentially aren't you know, as energetic or mobile or fit as they once used to be. And it's in the back of their mind gnawing at them. What what's, would you say to those people? Yeah, I'd sort of suggest you don't need to be what you used to be. You just want to be, you can be a new self moving forward, you know. So you use your time wisely and uh, get a good coach that can get the most out of you and the amount of time you've got available, then get back into it. It's worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. So what, what, what comes up for people? Do you think so? You know, for example, I always think of my my father. He's what sixty eight, sixty nine now. No, sorry, he's seventy. There you go, seventy. And I actually started exercising with him back when I was, I don't know, years ago. We he bought a book and he goes, "Oh, do you want to do this with me?" And I said, "Yep." 
started training in the backyard. Then he got sick. I, I just kept going and obviously developed a career out of it. And he, he never got back into it. So he's worked, worked his ass off running his own business for, you know, 40 years now. Retired. And the whole time, the whole 40 years, he's been talking about, talking about getting, getting started. But something holds him back, you know. It, it's a hard step to take. But once you're actually doing it, like, you know, from day dot, you were sore maybe after that first session, but you just had the mindset. You knew what training was about. But for people that haven't had that experience of what training is about and what you get out of it, there's not that motivator because you don't know what endorphins feel like. You don't know how much it can help your life and how it trickles over. So it's just like, why, why the hell do I do this? Like, hmm. it's just gotta, you, you got to make time, right? You need to just start. You just need to start. Yeah. And do you think you know, in both cases, you've had someone, you've had a coaching team, you've had people around you supporting you. Do you think that's a massive part of getting started? Yeah, definitely. So the whole, the whole Ironman, whilst it's an individual event, the whole getting to the start line, it's, it is like a team, you know, that, that if you have those people supporting you behind you, it's, it's impossible to, mm. to maintain or get to that point. So I would, I would suggest that you just start, you know, you've got to get a, find a little bit of intrinsic motivation to get to the start line, to start training. But if you get it in a, get in with a good group and a good bunch of people, it makes it so much easier to mm. keep going. And I think these circumstances now with the isolation is a big challenge for people, but even the group at hybrid, the online stuff, although we're not together, you imagine no one's posting their workout, no one's getting involved. I, I imagine it'd be a lot harder for everyone to continue, right? It'd be infinitely worse. Yeah, it's just yeah. no accountability. So I'll finish with a couple of questions. So what, what's the major learning you had from uh, competing in Ironman? The massive challenge, massive achievement. What was, what's a major lesson or takeaway you had from that experience? Uh, mental mindset, definitely. What What about it? Yep. Uh, just what you can achieve if you if you want to. So, so expands your horizons. Yep, yep. Make that bubble bigger. You can. It really does. That's the single thing I can take away from it. Awesome. Mental and tough. mental toughness. Yep. Yep. And second question: If for those listening, what's one piece of advice to live a healthier, happier life? Doesn't have to be related to exercise at all. Anything, you, any piece of advice you have, or balance, balance. Yep, balance. Don't focus too much on one particular thing. Make sure you got everything's in harmony. I reckon so. You need to have that balance. If you do too much work, that's all right. If you want to do that, but I do think you need to have. It's good to have family life as well. Yep, and how do you go about managing that? Ah, uh, it's, it's, it's just all time. I don't work so much anymore. Like I just, uh, so I just do my sort of try and just do 40 hours where I can. And, um, they're not going to be young forever. Don't want to miss that time. <laughs>
yeah, sorry, cut, cut out there. You said um, you try to get your 40 hours in where you can and you came back at, uh, they're not going to be young forever. You there? You just got to, I, I want to yeah. see, yeah, you know, I, I do think you got to have that work, family life balance. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what it is. The kids aren't going to be young forever. Um, if you miss out and seeing them grow up, then that's not yeah. something I want to You don't up. get that, get, get that time back. So no. I, are you constantly assessing this? Is this something you look at or do you check in once a month? Or how am I going in these areas? Am I spending too much time here and there? Or is it a daily thing or? No, I just try and do things with them, you know, make sure that if, you know, if I get the opportunity to pick them up from the school, I pick them up from the school. Um, I think, I think, you know, when you haven't got, when you're doing too much of, one thing so that's i couldn't go back to doing all that training just i just would have to give up something else so i think the balance is good yeah yeah awesome nice advice there thank thanks for your time greg i think um a lot of people get get something out of this and uh really appreciate your time i know you're, you're busy and you're at work there so thank cool. you and can't wait to uh see you back in the gym no worries and that's a wrap for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope to catch you in our next one. If you like what you hear, make sure you give us a five-star review and share this with someone who you think it can help. Make sure you check us out on Facebook and Instagram for more content on everything health and fitness.